quote unquote went out of business. Yeah. But they're, it's not like they're like an actual business. They got to file paperwork or anything. They just, <laughs> they just stop doing business as that. And then they just change their name and do something yep. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restored All Podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my safe shelving consultant, Prasanna Maliandi. How's it going, Prasanna? I'm good, Curtis. So hopefully no lawsuits have been filed no and lawsuits. no injuries. No, in- no injuries. <laughs> uh, you were concerned of the safety of the amount of weight that I was placing on what were essentially just long screws, and I went and got... What are called construction lag screws, which is interesting. It's they're not what we typically think of as lag bolts, but they're similar thickness and hardness, but they're they have Torx bits in them, which is really weird. Yeah, I didn't realize that those existed. And they're and it's a BFTB. It's a big <laughs> Torx <laughs> Torx bit. It's not the usual. There's like a standard Torx bit that's in all the screws that I use. This is the next step up. Which interestingly enough, I already had a Torx bit for that size <clears throat> that was left over from what? Let's see, from your shed project? No, from my solar oh, project. Oh, wow. <laughs> this was the last time I was screwing in bolts of this size. Oh, that that's were true. Torx bit screws. I was like, oh, I get to use my <laughs> to use my tool that I haven't used. You know, used it, in, it, you it's know. good though, because sometimes you're like, oh, I hate buying one-off tools, but at least, hey, you've used it twice. Two amazing things. One is that... I got to reuse this tool that I bought the second, and this should really be number one. And that is, I was able to find. I was <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Curtis. Because of my new, my, my new storage system. Yeah. Storage is good. <clears throat> I think that's, a, that's something. We Having a place to put everything is key. Yeah. And I have. And making sure you put things back also is key. Exactly. That is true. I have, I have, I have a, like a landing shelf Hmm. that is, it's literally this high. The next shelf is, it's like what, two inches or maybe three inches high. It's just enough room to put in any of my tools that I, at that moment, don't want to go through the trouble of putting back, but I can't put anything else on that shelf. So I have a landing shelf, but so my tools are either in the appropriate bin or Or on the landing shelf. So it's not too bad. Yeah. See, my problem with having things like a landing shelf is it's just going to sit there. And then sooner or later, you're going to be like, yeah, I don't need to put this away. And then it never goes back to its home. That's the whole point of it. It's just one place. You know what I mean? That's Um, just big enough just for. It's like a couple of minutes to declutter the the storage shelf. That's true. and, And it means that if I'm looking for it, it's either there or there. But yeah, I had a. I have. I know that you talked about having a bucket that you keep tools you're currently using actively for a project, just so they're not laying around everywhere. Yeah, it's a, it's a bag, like it's a okay, tool yeah, yeah, bag, right? So yeah, I still do that. Like if I'm gonna take a bunch of tools, but so then do you I'm empty just, the bag and put it in the landing shelf? No, if I'm actually emptying the bag, I'm gonna put it in the right okay, bag. okay. But it's more like I've got a tool in my hand and I'm distracted. I gotta go do the thing. I just want to put it, so somewhere, put it somewhere where I know it's not going to get lost. Because I do have a bad habit of like just laying a tool <laughs> down wherever I happen to be. Where did those channel locks go? Dang it. 
when you were rearranging things in your garage and fixing mm-hmm. your garage door that doesn't move, didn't you find a tool? I found all sorts of tools <laughs> up, like up in the rafters. All <laughs> like that was my favorite was the tool, the wrench that I found inside the garage door. Yep. The garage door is metal and it has lips on it because mm-hmm. it's a divided garage door, not one solid piece. And there was a random wrench just sitting in, <laughs> in one of those, one of those panels. So as I watch a lot of YouTube auto shows, yeah, and <clears throat> apparently it's very common to misplace ten millimeter sockets. So yeah, ten people... millimeter. Yeah, if you work on foreign cars, ten millimeters are very, very yeah common. common thing. And so people have like thirty of the ten millimeter sockets because they keep losing <clears throat> them. Yeah, I should. I should. Yeah, I should do that. Just get a few ten millimeter sockets and both sockets and uh, wrenches the ratcheting wrench yep but so we're going to talk about other people's problems today i'm done talking about mine i'll do our standard disclaimer a persona and i work for different companies he works for zoom i work for druva and this is not a podcast of either company and the opinions that you hear are ours be sure to rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash restore and if you're interested in the kind of things that we're interested in then just give me a holler at wcurtispreston at gmail.com or WC Preston on Twitter. And uh, we'll have you on. Yeah. And, and if you know someone who worked at Pixar during the time of Toy Story 2 and the entire <laughs> yeah. fiasco, please reach out to us. You know, we know people. <laughs> I wonder if those people know other people. <laughs> we know people in the industry is what I'm saying. Yes. I saw this article that was put out by the, I don't know how to pronounce this, Toro College, T-O-U-E. R.O. College of Illinois. They put out this article that was the, the top 10 biggest ransomware attacks of 2021. And I was like, oh, how nice of them to summarize all these for us. And th- there was an interesting thing that for a while, they weren't going after healthcare. Yep. But it, it looked like that changed in 2021. Do you remember the hospital in germany that got hit with ransomware and had to send a patient to another hospital and the patient died in yes. route yes yeah. and so i remember that story that we know of yeah. death via ransomware yeah. no but i remember that the ransomware actor apologized i think because they were like oh we didn't intend to target hospitals because that's not part of our right. mo but that's clearly changed according yep. to this article they're saying 600 hospitals, clinics, and other health organizations were impacted by 92 ransomware attacks. Yeah. And this so, is only the ones that we've really heard about. How many right. are there the, out the there? The ones that we know about. Yeah. Heading off the list is going to be Colonial Pipeline. This, yes. was, the, this was the one that really put ransomware on the map. Oh, yeah. Right? And really annoyed the, the president, if I yes. recall. Yes, it did. And so there was something called the Dark Side Gang. They began the attack. They first targeted the firm's billing system and their internal business network, and it basically shut down this pipeline. They didn't shut down the pipeline per se. They just shut down the pipeline's ability to do business, Yeah, which I think is a, a common uh, thing that we'll see across some of these. Yeah. And I and, think what ended up happening is all across the Eastern seaboard, they couldn't, like gas stations couldn't actually resupply, right? Or refuel. Because yes. there was no ability for Colonial to figure out how much gas got sent where and all the rest. Yeah, th- this one this is a really interesting thing here. They're saying that the, one of the reasons it was particularly dangerous be- because of consumers starting to panic 
and they started doing things like hoarding gasoline in flammable plastic bags and bins. Yep. And one car even caught fire. And this was a widespread impact, if I recall, right? So many yes, millions and millions of people affected. They did eventually recover. They did actually pay uh, the ransom. And the U.S. law enforcement was able to recover much of the ransom payment. They were able to trace the cryptocurrency. I think we did a podcast about this topic a while ago mm-hmm. when this happened. We did. And I think this is also the one where basically the dark side gang shut down because there was too much heat put on them. And then they came back as a different ransomware gang. Yeah, they quote unquote went out of business. Yeah. But they're, it's not like they're like an actual business. They got to file paperwork or anything. They just, <laughs> they just stopped doing business as that. And then they just change their name and do something yep. else. So they were also responsible for the Brintag attack, which is a chemical distribution company. And they're saying that it was, was an even bigger ransom. It was seven and a half million dollars. This one, again, they paid the ransom, which yep. they paid part of the ransom. I don't know so much about the Colonial Pipeline, but with this one particularly, they also exfiltrated a bunch of data. And so I think the chemical company was a little worried about that. That makes sense. That yep. makes sense. So that was the dark side group. The, another one that we have here is the, I, I want to call it Revil. They were a hacker group and they did the one on Acer. Yep. And this is a company you and I should know. Yep. Acer Computers. I remember back in the day, it was you bought a desktop system. You either bought an HP, a Compaq, mm-hmm. or you bought an Acer or a Gateway. Those were like the four desktop computer companies well known back then back in the day when i was a little kid <laughs> back in the day right and this was another one where acer that revil actually targeted a uh, vulnerability in microsoft exchange and they got access to their files and leaked images of sensitive financial documents and spreadsheets yep so it's a- and the crazy thing is the ransom that they asked for this one i think it was something like 50 million dollars 50 million dollars <laughs> they're thinking oh acer they got it in the hole they acered in the hole no no <laughs> no that wasn't any good but and, they, but but we don't know though do they actually pay out the ransom it, it doesn't say it's interesting to see acer in the news as a victim literally the last time I thought about Acer, you were right. They used to be the big deal, Yeah, but they they haven't really been the big deal. The last time I remember thinking about Acer much was when I got notified that I was part of a class action lawsuit (laughs) that they had been putting like used parts inside new computers. So the next one is JBS Foods, which I think I recall this one as well. It was like a meat processing company that's like worldwide. And I think that it was... What was it that they were worried about food shortages because of this attack? Because being a high profile meat company and processing plant, people always worry about toilet paper and food. And so I think the ransom for this one was $11 million. And it was the exact same ransomware group, Revol, that you talked about before, but they were also around this. And it looks like they actually did do the payment. And it is one of the largest payments of all time. So it looks like the Acer one, they did not pay out, but it looks like JBS did pay out. I do remember being worried about, that may have been just more general, worried about meat meat (laughs) shortages. Especially knowing you and your barbecue, Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. I was concerned about, I, I probably went and bought three briskets or something. Yeah. 
But it is one of those things. It's like we saw it with the colonial pipeline attack as well. Consumers panicked. A lot of these things consumers aren't even aware of because they're like, yeah, it's just another large company until it actually hits them in their daily lives. The the next one's interesting. So it's a company I had never heard of, Quanta. Like most people haven't heard of them, but they are one of Apple's major business partners. So this one was an interesting one where the Quanta was like, no, we're not. We don't care. We don't care what you do. This was another exfiltration one. Yep. Quanta basically said, we're not giving you anything. I don't care. Revil then said, well, fine, we'll go after Apple. So they targeted Apple. And it's just the way the summary was written. It just said, by May, they seem to have called off the attack. Yeah. So I'm just really curious what happened with so, the conversations. With I think I do remember this one as well. I think what actually ended up happening is... What they had published was old documents for outdated mm. Apple plans that were no longer, I think it was like maybe 2015, 2016 plans and the designs and Apple's moved on since then. So interesting. So they were like, yeah, put out the phones for the iPhone 6. We don't care. Or I think it was mainly around their laptops mm. and their hardware for that. If I recall what Quanto was used for. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But that's yeah, always so an option for companies is you could always say, hey, I'm not going to pay because the information you have is no longer relevant to our business. So this is one I actually hadn't heard about. And I don't know about you, but the NBA actually got hit with ransomware as well. And it looks like it was one particular uh, NBA team, the Houston Rockets, which was hit by the Babook hacker group and stole about 500 gigs of confidential data. They said that they would post all of these and it had things like contracts of the players and financial information, but no ransom was or no ransom payments were made. And the interesting thing about this is I know this happened last year, but recently, I think a week or two ago, the San Francisco 49ers were actually hit with ransomware as well. (laughs) Yep. So it looks like sports teams are not uh, safe from ransomware. No No one is safe. And then, so th- there's another gang, the a- Avedon gang. I've never heard of this one. No, I've never. I, I, that's how you pronounce it, right? Avedon? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. These are like made up words, so it's kind of hard. So they attacked a company called AXA, which is an insurance company. This one appears to be a retaliation attack. This one's interesting. That <laughs> AXA, which is an insurance company that pays people who suffer ransomware attacks, they said that they, they were going to stop reimbursing ransomware attacks. <laughs> and so they got this attack after that. Right? Kind of ironic. Um, it, yeah, it, it is funny <laughs> that, you know, that the, the hacker group said they gained access to three terabytes of data, which is a lot. But I don't know, it didn't really nothing really seemed to come of it, which I think is a solid response. It doesn't say if they were trying to leak the data or... It's probably one of those things where they're like, you changed your plans. We're not happy with it because we're no longer going to be paid. So we're going after you. Some of this, I also wonder, did they pay the ransomware? Did they change their policies because of this? What happened? And it's one of those, like you said, it's a mystery. You never know what actually ended up going on. Exactly. So the next one is another large insurance firm called CNA, where they were attacked, encrypted 15,000 devices, 
And this was also when people were working remotely. So a lot of this was employees working from their homes or wherever else, and they could no longer access their network and get their work done. Um, it was supposedly linked to a hacker group called Evil Corp. And using a Which new is type- a great name. That's a great <laughs> name for a ransomware oh, yeah. group, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, do you watch... Uh, Mr. Robot. Yeah. Wasn't, weren't they called? Oh, they were called E Corp. Yeah. But in my mind, that's, E-Corp, yeah. 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 Might as well be called Evil Corp. <laughs> but anyway, apparently it was a new type of malware called a Phoenix Crypto Locker that was used for this attack. And once again, they don't talk about how much was a ransom, did they pay or not, or anything else like that. Yeah. The- which is I'm you know what I'm gonna do? If if it doesn't say they paid the ransom, I'm gonna believe that's that so- they successfully restored it and you know went past that. But it's interesting. That's a second cyber insurance company that got yeah. Now it's right? hard to tell if that is a cyber insurance or just a large insurance company. It doesn't specify. It, it does in in the other article it okay. does say that they do cyber insurance. Gotcha. Yeah. They're they're Big company. Yeah. The uh, one thing that would surprise me, though, is with 15,000 devices, everyone working remotely, could you imagine the recovery process from that? Yeah. And sadly, since many companies don't back up their mobile devices, yep. which they should, but they don't, right? They, they see that as wasted money or whatever. I disagree, of course, because I think a lot of a lot of companies, especially now that we're working remotely, more and more data is still on remote devices, despite what everyone wants to do. Today. Yeah. Yeah. So the, but the, I do think we had Evil Corp, we had Revil, we had, what was the first one? What was the name of the company? The, oh, the ransomware group? Dark Side. The Dark Side. And then but we also had Avadon. Yeah, Avadon. But this has to be my favorite gang name. <laughs> the Hello Kitty gang. <laughs> <laughs> so the, yeah, CD Projekt. Red is a video game based in Poland. They actually access source code to the game. It doesn't say that they were they threatened to release it, but they had. It looks like they actually deleted the data, and in this case, it specifically said that the CD Projekt had backups in place to restore the data. Yay! Backups yeah. win. This reminds me of the Toy Story Two saga, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where they lost. Toy Story 2 while it was being created, and luckily someone who was on leave just happened to have a copy sitting in her home and was able to bring back the data and make sure the movie, yeah, make sure the movie actually went out the door. Probably actually saved the company, too. So Uh, the last one, the last attack on this list was Kaseya, and this one I clearly remember. This was the company that was used by a lot of MSPs in order to manage their customers' environments. And there was an issue in their code that allowed people to get in and get into all of the customers' accounts as well. And they started encrypting everything. So instead of just attacking one company, they basically went after infrastructure software used by numerous MSPs, which affected hundreds and thousands of businesses. And for this one, they wanted seventy million in Bitcoin, mm-hmm. um, and I think that the this one they didn't actually pay out the ransomware, and they were able to find the encryption keys. I think the FBI was involved, and they found the servers. 
they were able to get the encryption keys and be able to um, unencrypt people's data before the ransomware was paid. But this was a yeah. huge story. <clears throat> yeah, this was a really big one because it, it reminded me of the other supply chain attack from the previous year, the SolarWinds solar yep. solar attack, where it, it was via the supply chain. They used Kaseya's virtual system administrator to actually, they pushed a, say, a fake software update. That just... That's just evil. I think SolarWinds was actually 2021, Curtis. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. How, well, maybe it wasn't. Ransomware, it was yeah. a supply chain attack. It was just a supply chain. Just a supply chain. Just, just <laughs> only a small little supply chain attack. I, I do like that in the case of Kaseya, that it, the FBI was able to do what they do. And they apparently were good enough that they were actually, that they hacked the hackers and got the keys. This one, if I recall was they had found the issue, right? Someone was, sorry, a security researcher had found the issue, had filed it with them. They were planning to fix it. And then the hackers basically did a zero day right before right. the patch went out the door. I do remember that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, those bastards. When we look back on these attacks, there are some common threads here. I want to save the exfiltration one for the end. It looks like about half of them were what I would call traditional ransomware attacks, where if they had a decent backup, they would be able to recover and not pay the ransom. And that's really the, that's really the desire in the end is yeah. to not pay the ransom. Another common thread amongst all of these attacks is that... They're all different industries. No one is safe from these. We've talked earlier in the podcast about healthcare being affected now. Look right. at all the companies we talked about. There's no one common pattern amongst all of them. You can't say that I will not be impacted by ransomware. I think everyone needs to be to take it seriously and consider and figure out what their contingency plans are when they do get hit. The other thing was a, a few things that I saw in there was that somewhat humanized the attackers and by that they were susceptible to things that humans are susceptible to so one would be the fact that there was this what it would appear to be a retaliation attack against yeah. an insurance company for saying they're not going to pay <laughs> ransoms anymore also th there were a couple of times where basically the fbi went after him or, yep. or they attacked too big of a target like when they attacked apple and then suddenly you didn't hear it about it anymore yep and I'd like to think that Apple used their connections Clout. to the FBI or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't say that they did, and maybe they didn't, but I think they picked on somebody a little too big there. Yeah. And this is probably the best good news I have about of this is that these ransomware entities are human. Yep. And that they can be stopped in one way or the other. Yeah. Right? They're not a nameless organization. That's just somewhere else, right? It yes, they are yeah. names. They, yeah, they are. Uh, no, they have really <laughs> stupid names. That's yeah. why I laughed at your comment. They're no, not but, nameless. They have but, names. But, like, but there are humans in the end, right. and it's also interesting to see the amount of infighting amongst the ransomware gangs. Mm -hmm. How some gangs don't like each other. Gangs are taking over. So there's almost like a mob style play or cartel style play going on amongst the ransomware gangs themselves. And it's one of those things like 
There's no honor among thieves. It'd be interesting to continue your analogy with the cartels. If like Revil says, hey, we get healthcare and Evil Corp, you can have these guys, <laughs> They like their turf. That would be kind of funny but if they were doing that. Remember also all a lot of these companies or ransomware gangs, they have affiliates, which is crazy. And so the main company takes a cut of it. Their gang takes a cut of whatever the affiliates do. And so right. it's almost like a business of ransomware. It's not just really one gang anymore. It's a whole network of people all working to try to attack and, corp companies. And communicating via the dark web. If anybody was hoping that there was going to be a reduction, I, I don't think that we saw that no. in 2021. I don't think it's going to happen for 2022 no, either. I, in fact, there are those who are concerned right now. So we're recording this as Russia has invaded the Ukraine. The reason I was bringing this up is there is some concern that Russia will begin significant retaliation attacks via cyber yep. uh, attacks. We'll see. We'll see relatively soon Yep. whether or not that <laughs> is going to be the case. But we certainly know that they are a they are a big place where a lot of this stuff happens. Yep. And we also know that at least we have significant evidence to suggest that some of these efforts are state funded sponsored. by the state. Yeah. So let's talk about the piece that I think is the most scary from all of these. And we saw it in a lot of them. And that was exfiltration and threat of... <laughs> Exposure. Yep. Yeah. And right. that's a big thing for a lot of companies. If you think about their trade secrets, private documents that would harm the reputation of the company or expose trade secrets outside, it's those sort of things that companies are paying an arm and a leg to make sure that doesn't go out the door. And a lot of these ransomware gangs are going into corporate networks. They're not actually encrypting anything. They're just seeing what goes where and what data lies where. They're siphoning off that data. And at the same time, they're encrypting everything. And it's not that you could just say, oh, I'm going to go restore my data and bring back my environment because they have that piece of data out there that they know they can hold over you. And that's hard to protect against. Yeah. Not impossible, but hard. Not impossible. That's what I wanted to talk about because... Even though we're, we're mainly concerned with the backup and restore part of this, my heart goes out to these companies that have suffered that type of attack. And I would say that we've had a couple of guests on the podcast that have addressed some of the ways that you can have a more frontline defense. So one of them that comes to mind is the DDI yep. episode which I didn't know anything about. And I didn't know (laughs) prior to that, I I had no idea that they use DNS in that way. This idea where they send a specifically worded string of a URL, essentially a a host name, that if you know what you're looking for, it's really obvious to see that this is a command and control server request. And so that was one thing that I think that people can use is to look at a modern DDI system, which is DHCP, DNS, and internet? No, I think it was IMAP. Or is it IMAP? Oh, it's IMAP as in identity management and protection, right? So this idea that you watch outgoing requests, and if you see an outgoing request to to what appears to be a command control server, they would trap it 
they would actually satisfy the request. They, they wouldn't deny the request. They would just put it into a black hole, but they would note that happened. And then they would just shut off that system from any further requests yep. of any kind and then notify. And this all happens via machine learning and yep. AI type stuff. This is not a human being doing this. This yep. is automated stuff. By the way, it, the I stands for IPAM, not IMAP. Same letters. IP address management. Okay. So for the record, my first letter was right. Was it protection IP because the I in <laughs> yes, IP yes yes I know just saying I wasn't I that know. far off so that's DDI the other and didn't we have somebody that was monitoring outgoing bandwidth or was that just the, we had somebody that was monitoring file system stuff no there was also the Adi right who had the firewall software yeah I I think we need to I think we need to reach out to other companies and by the way if, if any of the listeners are aware of the type of, what I'm looking for here is a, a network monitoring system that monitors all outgoing traffic and uses machine learning or AI or both to identify something is different. There is this one IP address in Russia that seems to be, that seems to be receiving a lot of data that didn't used to get any data and suddenly they're getting a lot. That's a perfect application for machine learning. Yep. I don't know what you're looking for. Just look for something that's different. Look for patterns. Patterns have changed. And when it looks, if and then you can set it. If it looks like it's an exfiltration, shut it down. Just shut it down immediately and then yell at me. And then if it's a valid... Then we'll just you know, re-enable it and then we'll learn. If, if everybody used DDI and something like that, I think this would kill so much of this. Yeah. You know, right. it reminds me of like the skiffs that a lot of the Department of Defense contractors use. And I'm like, at what point do you just end up going to that sort of model where everything is completely isolated? You're not connected to any networks, right? Everything is locked down. That would be difficult. I know in, in today's day yeah. and age for a business, it is difficult, yeah. but it does come down to somewhat of a network hygiene. Yeah. Right. Where it's you should understand as a network admin what's on your network, who should be going out, like what are normal behaviors versus what are anomalies. If you don't have those automated tools. That would really only apply in a small network. You know what I mean? But you could also think without of without automation. Yeah, without automation for sure. But at least it's a starting point. And for some of these companies that are getting hit, if they're small enough, because most companies are not going to be the size of Apple with the ability to influence governments or whoever else to shut down ransomware orgs. There aren't any companies bigger than Apple. So (laughs) that is (laughs) true. Fortune one, last time I checked. So ransomware is not going away. Backup helps. And on top of that, I would say automated advanced disaster recovery is also the key here that you need to not wait until you get a disaster or a ransomware attack to, to, to start your restore modern day system can restore your data in advance so that if you get a ransomware attack, the data is ready to go. That's number one. One thing I would add ahead of that though, Curtis is have a plan in place. I know you and I, we've talked about this so many times, right? Absolutely. Don't just close your eyes and think, oh, this will never happen to me. Assume it will happen to you and make sure you have a plan for how you would recover in case it happens. It's the one time when assuming is a good thing. Be a Boy Scout. Isn't that what it is? Boy Scout, yeah. Be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah. And then the other thing is that, and we've done some episodes on this, on the fact that 
some of even with a good backup and recovery tool, the the dwell time of some of these ransomware attacks are that the data is encrypted over time, and that recovery is going to be problematic at best. And I know that Druva has a tool to address this. I don't know if anybody else is is addressing this yet, but this idea of uh, ransomware attacks where they encrypt the data slowly over several weeks and they start with the oldest stuff first that nobody's noticing and then suddenly you you collide and yep. that's when... Yeah, because the last thing you want to do is you get hit with ransomware, you restore and recover your environment, and then a day later, it respawns itself and re-encrypts all your entire environment again. Yeah, you don't want that at all. Yeah. What a mess. <laughs> all right, ransomware bad, recovery good. But I don't think it's the last time we're going to hear about ransomware, though. What I'm looking for, it, it, it would be nice if what has happened and what I hope we are on the final edge of COVID. Yeah. That we're now seeing the company or countries are now switching into endemic mode. That we're going to treat it like the flu, et cetera. Yeah. It would be nice if ransomware, ransomware became an occasional thing instead of it just. Yeah. It's something like every 15 seconds or something. Yeah. Some ridiculous number that I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, because we probably haven't even heard of 90% of the ransomware cases out there, right? They're swept under the rug. People pay off the ransomware, right? Whatever it is. Exactly. And they're embarrassed. Anyway, thanks again for a depressing topic. (laughs) One of my least favorite subjects. And yet we talk about it all the time. I hate bad people that try to. Yeah. Totally agree, Curtis. What's that? I totally agree. Bad people suck. Yeah. Bad people (laughs) suck. Recoveries don't. All right. Thanks again to our listeners. We'd be nothing without you. Remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all. Good.